100%. Everybody's focus is on the weight the vehicle can pull. That is not your focus. The focus is the weight that the vehicle can stop. <laughs> your brakes mean way more than your transmission's ability to get it going because you can put a gooseneck ball on the top of a VW bug and you can get that 30,000 pound trailer to start moving with a VW. You can. It's just going to take you a very long time. The second that you put the brakes on that little car, that trailer's going to jackknife around it and kill everyone in sight. This Jeep Talk Show flagship episode is brought to you by you, the listener. Without you, we'd have no reason to do the show. So do you have a product to sell? You know, you can advertise it on, uh, or your business on the Jeep Talk Show. Our rates aren't affordable. They're just downright cheap. Reach out to us today and get pricing and availability by going to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now to find out how to reach uh, out to us. Uh, your advertising could be on the show as early as next week. Hi, I'm Tony, and welcome to the Jeep Talk Show, where we put the fun in off-road fun, or in, in your case, Chuck, the F-U. Uh, this is the only show where you can hear the Jeep owners talk about things like mud, rocks, and giant tires, and not get weird looks. So strap in, grab your favorite beverage, and get ready to laugh, learn, and have a damn good time. We guarantee that after listening to us, you will have the sudden urge to go buy a Jeep and hit the trails, at least Jeep parts. You know, if you're not buying a Jeep, you're at least going to be buying some Jeep parts. So don't say we didn't warn you. On tonight's episode, the best midsize trucks for 2024 there's a jeep in there so that's the reason why we have it on the show don't panic uh in our jeep gladiator update uh, chuck i'm gonna be tapping your brain uh for uh about trailers because uh i have a max tow package on the 2021 jeep talk show gladiator but how to tow i mean there's people like me that have never towed never bought a trailer don't know what the hell they're doing so we're going to talk to an expert about uh, uh pulling trailers and uh, vehicles in our must-have stuff for your Jeep, this is kind of tied into that uh, Max Tow thing. Mopar, trailer, brake, controller, and uh, Chuck, I expect you to help us out as to the reason why we would need anything like a brake controller. And Do all trailers have the ability to use brakes? Because I don't think they do. Anyway, uh, I think this is going to be an interesting episode, and uh, as I've already mentioned, Chuck's with us tonight, so uh, let's get started. Are you ready? It's time for the Jeep Talk Show with hosts Tony, Josh, Wendy, and Chuck. And this is Chuck, and I'm going to start Googling what a brake controller is. <laughs> oh, no, that's scary. I thought I had an expert here. So uh, if, if you're watching this on YouTube or someplace on social media, watching the video, and that's what I'm talking about when I say watching, uh, Chuck is out there in the sticks in uh, where, where are you? Uh, Hawaii, California? Where, where are you located, uh, Chuck? Las Vegas. Las Vegas. And uh, for some strange yeah. reason, the internet's not very good in Las Vegas, which kind of sounds like a lie. Uh, but his internet isn't wonderful. It's good for voice, but not video. So we get to see uh, several images of Chuck here in the video. I think you'll you'll enjoy them. These are all <laughs> these are all pic- pictures that Chuck took. And then I said, hey, Chuck, I need something to show in the video. So he sent all these to me. Uh, Chuck, there's one of those pictures. You're, you look like you're drinking uh, cans of beer in most of them. But there's there's one picture where you have uh, a glass full of ice. And uh, I'm thinking that's Coke. It's either Coke, Tab, Pepsi. What what you got in there? Uh, probably not a normal drink. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Uh, <laughs> you're outside. Probably, yeah. You're standing next to a fire. You got your cowboy hat on. Uh, and uh, you, probably, it, I just thought it was strange because it doesn't look like beer. Yeah, I probably drank all my beer and broke into the liquor cabinet. And, oh, uh, just okay. So it's her stuff. It's one of those brown adult drinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what else do you do? <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, speaking about what else can you do, uh, this is, uh, I think this is kind of interesting because there's been several changes uh, in uh, the Stellantis uh, Organization for America. Our most recent one was a friend of the show, Jim Morrison, um, being moved over to a a different area. The performance parts, I believe, is where he was going to be moved to. And I think it's going to be good for Jim. But we we would have liked to have seen him uh, take over the the whole North America uh, operation uh, in a a higher position uh, from where he was. But anyway, this has to do, uh, this story has to do with Stellantis' new North America boss. And I'm just going to butcher this name, uh, Chuck. Uh, I mean, if you have an idea, you're more than welcome to uh, give it a shot. But Carlos Zalrila, Carlos Z, thank you. 
uh, of the uh, automaker's yes. Mexican operations replaces Mark Stewart, whose name I can't pronounce, uh, as Stellantis North America Chief Operating Officer. So he's a coup. Um, Jeep, Dodge, uh, Chrysler, Alfa Romero, Romeo, and uh, Fiat in uh, the U.S. announced the new top man in North America effective February 1st. So it's coming right up. Uh, actually, about the time uh, you're listening to this, it, uh, that has already passed. So Carlos Z will replace Mark Stewart as North America Chief Operating Officer. Uh, Z, uh, it kind of sounds like a movie thing where they, they go by their, their initials. Z is currently president of Stellantis Mexico, which increased sales, market share, and return on investment in 2023, ending the year with the best profit ever recorded in that market. He joins Stellantis in 2022. My God, this guy had not been there for very long, uh, and he's getting promoted. Uh, he must have some, some uh, trash on somebody up high. Uh, <laughs> from General Motors, where he was previously president of GM South America. So uh, I, I don't know, Chuck. I mean, obviously, this guy's making some money for Stellantis, so it kind of makes sense why he would be put in a position to, to make more money for Stellantis. Uh, I had to look up what the chief operating officer is. Do you know what that is? Because, I, I mean, I, I know it's one of those you know, three-letter positions, but I didn't know exactly what a, a, a chief, a COO does. Yeah, they do all the operations. Yeah, that's bet. kind of an important position, isn't it? Yep, yep. And when you say they do all the operations, of course, they're not doing a damn thing. They're just making sure everybody else under them does. No. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just the boss's boss. They're yeah, drinking, they're drinking uh, mixed drinks with ice in a glass uh, and taking phone calls. <laughs> not outside uh, next to a fire. promise you that. No, no, yeah. <laughs> they're more of an in type of people. <laughs> yeah, and they're doing 57 meetings a day uh, and all the way up yeah. to midnight. I don't know. I guess it's worth, to make the, worth it to make the big bucks. I don't think so. But this really says something about Stellantis. If you're moving that much executive officers uh, that quickly, that's not a good sign. That's what I not was thinking. Good, yeah. Yeah. Something something wrong with it. Well, I mean, their sales are down. They're, they're having some issues with, uh, you know, selling. I mean, that's one of the reasons why the gladiators are, are so down in price because they're having trouble moving them. Gladiators are wonderful vehicle. And uh, I, I, I don't know why anybody's not buying them. I mean, interest rates are up. So you got to wonder mm-hmm. uh, why they, why companies make changes like this, um, unless it has to do something with uh, appeasing stockholders. Yeah, I, it follow the money, right? So we'll see what uh, Mr. Carlos will do. I mean, I suspect I, he won't I, do a damn thing. He may get into the position at a good spot where uh, they drop interest rates and people start buying vehicles again. Yeah, I, th- I think going from South America to North America is going to be a huge change. I think the climate is a little bit different, not like the actual temperature climate, but the uh, economic oh, yeah. climate is a little bit different no. in our uh, side of the hemisphere. So, And I we'll, bet you the we'll customers see. are even yeah, different. Uh, the customers are probably yeah. are definitely different in, uh, in Mexico and South America uh, type thing than what they are in North America. Yeah. I would think that anyway. I would, I would concur. So, um, uh, in the very demanding North American market, with many obstacles to overcome, sales, <laughs> in order to foster performance of the company, Carlos Z is the best leader among our talented pool to replace Mark Stewart uh, and to drive the change in our business model uh, forward uh, to electrification in the region. Stellantis CEO, yeah, uh, Carlos Tavares, Tavares said in a, a statement. Uh, Carlos uh, Z has demonstrated his ability to bring together and unite diverse teams and to deliver uh, the expected results. And and I mean that is really the big the big thing about anybody in this type of position. They do have to be able to bring people together uh, and have them work together, uh, communicate properly, and support one another. So uh, I, I would say that is a a big plus. That if he's doing that, then it's he's going to be more of a success. But I still think interest rates and um, people's jobs. I don't know if you, if you heard or not. Uh, I think Microsoft is laying off 2,000 uh, workers. I may have that number wrong. It may be higher than that, but I think it's 2,000. So there's going to be a lot of people out there that, that, that either can't afford to buy uh, a vehicle because of interest rates or can't afford it at all because they don't have a, a job. They don't have a paycheck coming in. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not good. No, no, no. And actually, I saw a, a, a news story today where the, the federal government wants people to be out of work 
because uh, if you don't uh, if you don't have a job then you can't buy things and it slows the economy down which slows inflation down uh and uh, it makes it better i guess for the people that have jobs and that would be a really difficult thing for me to be in the the government and make kind of those kind of decisions knowing that they're going to be people struggling uh to make ends meet and and actually there may be some some very dire uh, uh uh, uh, consequences for that depression and things that go along with that because you don't have a job and you can't find one. Yeah, I don't really think the government gives a flying F about the normal people. <laughs> Guys like you and me and mm-hmm. probably 98% of our listeners are working class. We get up every day. We go to work. Depending on what time of day you get up, it doesn't matter. But a majority, more than 51% of our life is making money to pay the government to make us not make money you know <laughs> i don't think the government gives a fuck <laughs> well what do you what do you think yeah. about us doing something as as the american people to point out that you know we've already paid taxes we pay taxes on when we made the money uh we pay taxes in sales we pay uh more taxes here and and we're double triple and quadruple taxed in in some areas and I don't think that's the right way to go. Uh, I, I was surprised to find out. I'm not a big history buff, but I was surprised to find out not too long ago that uh, before like the 1920s or something, there was no federal income tax. Yet the country still existed. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the, the federal taxes are just 100% government thieving. They're stealing. Yeah, I'm, I'm a business owner. I mean, I think... Most of the listeners know now that, yes, I, I work. I own a working cattle ranch, but I also do uh, lots of um, red iron building uh, sales and uh, erection for large industrial buildings. So you, you're and saying the, you get paid for erections? I, but sometimes I can't get it up. Um, <laughs> well, it's the, the amount of taxes. Yeah, it's just cold outside. The, the amount of taxes that we pay as an incorporation it sometimes i sit back and go i can sell the company just liquidate everything and live on the ranch and not pay the government anymore and there's there's that part of me that wants to so absolutely i wish that us as uh, american people would put our our differences aside and uh, actually come together because there's more of us than government and I know that there's some people going, whoa, you know, be careful what you say on the radio. Mm-hmm. But uh, I 100% do not like how our government is ran. I do not like the fact that we give them our hard-earned money. And then that money just goes overseas to someone's son. And uh, don't like it. Don't like it at all. Don't like the inside trading. Don't like any of that tax bullshit. I just yeah. I think it's 100% wrong. Yeah, and I don't understand why um, that. Uh, I mean, Congress is there to make sure that uh, people that are doing things uh, incorrectly are using uh, their political position to line their pockets. Uh, but I often wonder: Well, maybe people in Congress are all doing the same thing. Not all of them, but uh, there seems to be a, the the good old boy and, and now woman uh, network uh, of this uh, uh, selling of uh, stocks, getting inside information, uh, and mm-hmm. it's just not. It, I mean. People don't trust our government. I mean, they're not there for I, us. They're there for themselves. I honestly think um, that your public officials, whether they're in the House of Representatives or any kind of Senate or anything, it should be just like um, getting picked to go and sit in uh, in court. You know, whatever the hell that, what, what is that though? when you get subpoenaed to, to sit and be on some panel. A, to, a, a jury summons. Yeah, that's, jury that, that's, that's been my, my thing that I've said is that you political office ought to be like getting a jury summons. So, you know, you don't want it. Right. You get it for two, <laughs> you get it for two years. Yeah. You're in there for two years. You don't want to be there. Yeah. You don't want to be there. And then it's going to be guys like you and me. And we're going to go in there and look at these people that are just, filthy rich stealing from americans and go you're done well it's so funny how the math just doesn't add up you know they make one hundred seventy four thousand dollars a year and they're worth 32 million dollars or 200 million (laughs) dollars but anyway this is like i'm sorry guy like me is if could you see a guy like me as the house of representatives like speaker or whatever oh, i'd get God. up there all right so oh, funny. you sons bitches they think this mf yeah bad. they think trump is bad about saying hurtful things 
<laughs> oh, shut up, you little wiener. Sit yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give me that gaffle. I'm going to pitch you in the head with it. Uh, yeah. So anyway, back to this story. I mean, but yeah, I mean, I wasn't trying to go political there, but the, that you see a lot of these same political things going on inside of corporations. And the bigger the corporations, the more you see. And uh, you see of this, I believe. So uh, I, I still maintain that I don't think that this individual – has the ability to make any changes, uh, significant changes, where it's going to make the interest rates go down or uh, make the uh, the economy uh, give you a job, so on and so forth. So uh, it's it's there's not a lot he can do, only work on the stuff that he can do, which is ultimately what we all do, is that we just do the best we can with what we have. Uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, cash the paychecks as long as they're coming in. So anyway, don't feel bad for Mark Stewart, uh, who is uh, leaving uh, this position for uh, Carlos Z. Uh, he is going to be uh, moving over as CEO and president of Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company. So uh, he's still going to be in the game, but with a, a, larger, uh, a larger number of vehicles because, you know, Goodyear's run on anything, not just Jeeps. Mm-hmm. Good for him. All right. So uh, I want to mention this really quick. Uh, this is the, I don't want to talk about the Jeep Talk Show flagship guest host. Uh, we've been doing this for a couple of months now, and uh, you may not have caught it, or maybe you were wondering about it. So I just wanted to, to bring it up and uh, discuss. So uh, obviously, we got Chuck here today. We've had uh, Josh, we've had Chip, we've had various. Uh, people that you've heard on the show in the past, whether it be on the roundtable episode or uh, on the he- on the on the show as a guest, but uh, we're changing things up a little bit. Uh, we uh, we were going to. Uh, I mean, we like uh, coming up with new things uh, to improve the show uh, for you, the listener. Uh, the latest change is having guest hosts for our second weekly flagship episode, so the one that comes out on Thursday. Uh, and by the way, a quick rundown on the episodes. Tuesday is our flagship. It's the first show that we, we came up with and did for so many years. So that's why we call it the flagship. We could also call it classic, but I think flagship sounds better. Sounds more impressive to me. So Wednesday is our roundtable episode, which is our, our Zoom meeting and where we have uh, the, the usual suspects, the Zoom people joining in and either talk to a guest uh, that we have or uh, answer a series of uh, Jeep-related questions. And uh, Thursday is our second flagship episode, and that's what we're recording now. Uh, and uh, those come out ag- again on Thursday. And then we end the week with our guest interview, and uh, the guest interview is me and some guests. Now, that, you know, that could always change in the future. We'll just have to see how it goes. I don't have to be on the show. We just need somebody that is a, a good host that can uh, uh, ask, good, ask good questions and uh, entertain you guys. So you, uh, like I was saying earlier, you may have noticed over the last few months, we've had various co-hosts for the second flagship, uh, uh, Chuck, Josh, uh, Josh was even in here. He had, he found some time where he could be on and, and we'll do that. We'll have Josh on again, uh, Bill, Chip, uh, and uh, we'll be having, and we will be having more. So the, uh, you'll get different voices, different opinions and different experiences, uh, mine will all be the same unless I change my mind on something. Like maybe I might change my mind going from steel cable to synthetic. Nah, that's not going to happen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be so would you like to be a guest co-host? This is open to anyone. Keep listening and watching for more information on how you can be a guest host for the show. What do you think, Chuck? Good idea, bad idea? And, and, and don't, think, don't consider my feelings here. Speak, speak your truth. <laughs> speak my mind i think it's great i think uh there's a lot of different subject matter experts and uh, i definitely am not one of them that knows everything about everything tony you do no you have to know none of us do why the number one guy and uh it's wonderful to hear the different uh, different viewpoints i don't always agree with them uh, usually i throw empty beer cans at the uh, the truck radio <laughs> as i drive down the road but um yeah i i absolutely love it absolutely love it good glad to hear that um so we're uh so uh, moving on uh, now, Tr- Chuck. I know you're a big truck person, mainly for business. Uh, I mean, you're absolutely a big Jeep person, but uh, you do like uh, you, you do like uh, good trucks. What is it? You have a Dodge Ram for for work, right? Yeah, we've got a fleet of uh, Dodges. Uh, they're kind of a uh, a tried and true motor. You know, the Cummins motor is a great motor. Uh, we don't have anything other than you know three quarter ton and larger. Mm-hmm. I think we have two or three three-quarter ton fleets uh, in the fleet mostly one tons and a handful of dualies and stuff but uh 
I love them. They're good trucks. So yeah, I'm I'm much more of a full size truck person. Probably half ton would be would be my limit. But I'm not a, I'm not a, opposed to something larger. Uh, it just has to do with uh, how much it costs and how much it costs to uh, move it around. Um, I don't know if uh, I, I know that you had a, a brief flirtation with some gladiators going out and test driving them and stuff. But have you looked at any other or considered any other the uh, 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 any of the other midsize pickups? I didn't know there was any. I really I didn't either. I don't shop. The only one. Yeah, I don't <laughs> shop. If it's not a Jeep, what do I care? Uh, and and then I don't think that's true for all our listeners, and that's one of the reasons why I'm going to be talking to you, uh, talking to you guys uh, uh, now about these midsize trucks. So, best midsize trucks for 2024. Uh, I have heard of this truck, uh, the Chevrolet Colorado. Have you heard? Have you heard of this one, uh, Chuck? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's there's been a lot of talk about it. Uh, I've I was always a Chevrolet guy. I really enjoyed the Chevrolet vehicles, uh, but they just really don't seem to be made as well. Uh, as other vehicles. Uh, that's just kind of my feel on that. Uh, I mean, I have not had a Chevrolet truck since, uh, gosh, I think the last one I had was 83. <laughs> yeah, they've changed a little bit. Oh, yeah. They're, <laughs> and You know, the square bodies were pretty. These these new things are just butt ugly. Uh, uh, the gr- square. Yeah, yeah. The, I, I know things change, and you have to update the styles and stuff, but the, the 2024 uh, Chevrolet Colorado uh, it's, it says, uh, and I don't know that I agree with this, why does it stand out? And these are the things you really want in a, in a, 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 a pickup truck, I think. Good ride, handling, powerful engine. I can go with powerful engine. Uh, strong towing, refined interior. Eh, give me a break. Uh, <laughs> uh, it says it could, the, the, the reviewer here says it could be better. Only one cab bed combination, four-door short bed. Uh, starting price is thirty-one thousand uh, dollars, which was which was a little less than what I thought these things cost. But maybe I'm just thinking about full-size trucks. Yeah, that's that's not a lot of money. Uh, but it says starts at, and you know how the starts at price is. Uh, it, uh, it, oh, hundred percent. Yeah, it goes up from there. Now I, I have never owned a Toyota, uh, but the next one on our list is the Toyota Tacoma, which I think everybody uh, everybody has. I guess maybe unless you were an owner and you had a, a problem with it, uh, everybody uh, thinks highly of the Toyota uh, trucks. Uh, is that your opinion, uh, Chuck? Yeah, I've owned uh, I've owned a couple of them over my life, and I've blown both of them up, blown both motors. So they can't handle what a guy like me will hand to it, but uh, you can bounce them off trees all day long. They're great. <laughs> so why it stands out, strong power and torque, uh, enormous enormous configurability, which that must mean aftermarket stuff, uh, loads of mm-hmm. off-road options, quiet, refined ride, manual transmission availability. Uh, could be better. Uh, it says coarse engine, which I don't know what that means unless it's just it, it's not nice and smooth like an electric razor or something. Uh, it is on the expensive side, but I think that goes along with uh, people thinking highly of them to start with. Uh, limited, not as plush as it could be. Uh, manual transmission is clunky. It, it sounds like a truck. <laughs> you know, yeah. all these things sound like a truck. Maybe that's why they're successful. It sounds like some little small little man, little pretentious man, you know. But yeah, it's, yeah. It's just not. It's just not as nice. My cup holder isn't in the right spot. It's not exactly. ergonomically correct. Oh, uh, yeah. My cup holder is a left-hand thread instead of a right-hand thread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, little wind. And I have shut to think up. about it every time Every time I go to unscrew my coffee cup out of there. <laughs> People are going, they come, in, <laughs> they come in threads? You can thread them in there? You know, that might be a Jeep Talk Show million dollar idea for the people that uh, the cup, you know, bounces around or maybe they get a little too aggressive or something. You could actually screw the coffee cup into the cup holder. Uh, but uh, no, yeah. that's, that's not going to happen. Um, so <laughs> it could be a lot of, the, a lot of calls uh, from people going, I can't get the cup out and I can't remember which way to turn. It's righty tighty, lefty loosey. <laughs> Wait a minute. What if I'm in the passenger seat? Yeah. Exactly. Lefty, tidy, Lucy. <laughs> well, tight is right. So go with uh, whatever you like. So uh, the the next one on the list, and I don't think these are in any in, in any particular order, since the the gladiator is not uh, not on the list yet. Uh, so that's why I'm gonna go that direction on that one. Uh, but uh, they didn't say that it was like uh, you know number one through five or number four, five through mm-hmm. one or anything. But the next one on the list is the GMC Cannon. Um, it, it sounds like a good Second Amendment uh, vehicle. <laughs> 
why it stands out luxurious interior uh in denali yeah denali top of the line yeah (laughs) (laughs) strong powertrain uh good ride and handling so it's not pristine ride or or you know like somebody using the word mauve or something i mean mauve doesn't really fit here but i just remember that as being the only other color i know the name of besides red blue and you know Mm -hmm. white (laughs) so it could be better uh no low-cost trim only one cab bed combination i guess they're wanting like a long bed short bed uh, type thing like from the the full-size trucks it's a mid-size truck yeah that's what i'm thinking it's a mid-size truck it's for the guys that live in town that don't need anything big but they want to pick up so you buy a little car with the bed on it like mm-hmm. el camino uh, you remember the el caminos uh, sexy ride yeah my dad wanted one of one of those el caminos like in the the mid 70s early to mid 70s and uh but he finally bought a truck an actual full-size pickup after i bought my 83 he bought an, an 84 pickup uh and uh i thought that was pretty cool that uh, he thought highly enough of uh, of what i had selected that he picked something similar his wasn't four-wheel drive of course because he didn't need none of that shit <laughs> but uh right. that, that was cool that he got that but yeah he had always wanted an el camino because he liked the idea of a car but he was he was always doing woodworking and uh, working on the house and keeping things going and just the idea. Uh, I think uh, he had a '73 Nova with a hatchback, so he kind of used that mm-hmm. as a pickup because he would you know lay the seat down, the back seat down, and then uh, use that area to store stuff. But actually having a, a pickup bed and a car uh, really appealed to him. And the next one would be perfect for it. <laughs> I can't believe this thing is on the list. The twenty, <laughs> the twenty twenty four Honda Ridgeline. I'm not saying it's an ugly vehicle. It's just very unconventional. Unconventional isn't necessarily bad, but I'd never buy one. Ah, I laugh at them every time I see it. I that we we live close to a uh, college town, and so there's a lot of grandparents that come and hang out to say hi to their grandkids at the college mm-hmm. and these ridge lines drive around you know and it's like uh you're in the wrong state man mm-hmm. now i don't know how how what the quality of the hot the ridge line is but i have owned a honda way back when and it was a very nice little car very tiny uh zero to 60 uh by the time you got to work and uh so, so <laughs> <laughs> so why it stands out great on-road ride and handling innovative bed design and that i think innovative means it's weird because that's what i've always noticed about it uh standard all-wheel drive uh could be better controversial design yeah i mean that's what we're talking about here t- t- today no inexpensive base models well it's because they they can you know, they can sell it for this uh limited off-road uh yeah limited off-road uh, starting price of forty one thousand dollars, and I think I'm skipping on the, the price on these things. Like the Toyota Tacoma was thirty two, almost thirty three. Uh, the Canon was uh, thirty seven five, and uh, the Honda Ridgeline forty one thousand. So uh, definitely price going up, and uh, I still don't think that's uh, up to the. No, it's a, that one, the Honda Ridgeline is a little bit more than the the twenty twenty four Jeep Gladiator, and I I mean. I understand some people are going to want the Ridgeline over a Gladiator, but why? My God, why? It's about the same price. So anyway, let's let's talk about the 2024 Jeep Gladiator, the last one on the list. Why it stands out? Now I love this. Uh, they they are right on uh, on target with this. The only truck with removable roof and doors, rugged off-road design, strong towing, could be better. <laughs> rugged design means poor on-road performance <laughs> pipe my ass <laughs> only right. one underwhelming engine option I, the 3.6 is pretty nice i didn't think i'd like it but the, it, it will get up it'll make that uh, gladiator get up and go and it's not a light vehicle and the price on right. it is forty thousand eight eighty five. and you could you could figure forty one thousand on this uh that's the starting price of course and uh but uh yeah and and actually i think they're going i I think uh larry had found some uh rubicon gladiators uh they may have been no they weren't manual transmissions but uh rubicon uh, gladiators going for um thirty nine thousand dollars upwards of forty thousand dollars 
So uh, this okay. starting price is n- not really relevant right now with uh, the, in- the inflation, the interest rates, and everything that's going on, and uh, Jeep's challenge mm-hmm. uh, to sell these things. So, uh, But the, I, I certainly don't believe the challenge is, it has anything to do with uh, how good they are. It's just it's expensive, and it's a midsize truck, and there's a limited number of things you can do with a midsize truck. I mean, this is one of the reasons why you don't have a midsize truck for your business. That's right. Yeah, for 10 more thousand, I can buy a Dodge three-quarter ton long bed yeah and that's going to be able to do a lot more stuff for your day-to-day it's going to it's going to make you money yes yep well i don't have one personally they don't make me money they just cost me (laughs) yeah um well i mean you have more than one truck in your business it's not just the one you drive and and you buy uh, the dodge ram full-size uh pickups right yep yep we've got a couple fords i uh for for fun i bought a uh I say for fun. It's it was a half joke. I, I think it's a twenty two. It might be a twenty three. I don't know. But uh, I went and bought a Ford one ton and didn't click any option, and it actually showed up with manual windows and manual locks. Oh, wow. and I gave it to one of the guys, and he looked at me like, "Are you kidding me?" Like that. No one even who would have thought, you know. That, so he's always having to <laughs> roll his window down, and it was in the forties. Yeah, I think it was like forty three thousand, and it's a. It's a one-ton, full-size, full-wheel drive Ford. <laughs> you, you know what you should do is you need to go someplace, uh, antique shop and, or something, and get one of those rotary dial phones and put it in there and say, hey, I got you hooked up for uh, uh, <laughs> on-road uh, uh, work site uh, communications. You know, a lot, there's a lot of people that don't yeah. know how a rotary phone, rotary, rotary phone works. Uh, we still have one in our house. Do you? That's what's actually wired in. Yeah. Yeah. And when everyone loses power and they start freaking out, we can just keep calling. It don't matter. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gladiator. My name is Gladiator. Gladiators. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Well, we'll see if we're entertained here shortly. So uh, the uh, the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator is uh, equipped with the Max tow package uh and that is 7650 pounds compared to the 4000 pounds of towing goodness in manual or 4500 pounds in automatic max tow comes in automatic transmission only so if you want the max tow package at least this is the way it was in 2021 and i suspect it still is uh you're going to have to have an automatic transmission but i think the max tow package is is the way to go so, uh, and you may wonder, you know, Tony, you don't tow nothing, and we're going to be talking about this with uh, somebody that does tow stuff. Uh, I don't tow nothing, uh, so why do they get a max tow package? Well, these are the reasons why I think it's nice to have the ability to tow things, because you never know, you might want to do that. Uh, but uh, the main reasons I got the max tow package is it comes with Rubicon axles, so you get the thicker tubes, you get the, the wider uh, the, the longer axle, and it, it's exactly the same thing. It comes on a Rubicon. Uh, it just doesn't have lockers in it. Uh, and uh, it has limited slip in the rear, which I think has helped me off-road on a, a few occasions because I would just go up something lickety-split where the, the Gladiator in front of me or behind me was having uh, difficulty. Uh, and uh, I could get 410 gears in it, uh, which, I, which was a big thing for me because uh, that's a very expensive thing to do. And then you have to also trust the shop that's doing it to be able to do it, that d- does it right. Uh, and the, the you know the gears that are being put in there because uh, I mean I would normally go with Yukon but Yukon's had some issues here over the the, the recent years mm. uh, due to some uh, mergers sales or something I believe is what the the, the uh, scuttlebutt that I've heard so anyway uh, you also get a bigger alternator uh, and those were the main attractions for me to get it and uh, also too uh, I just like the idea of of actually being able to tow and the the towing now I I don't know this is probably nothing compared to your Dodge Ram the 7600 pounds Oh yeah no uh-uh. we we laugh all the time I actually got weighed in at the scale uh pushing almost 40 I think I was 39,000 in the in the Dodge the other day when I was towing some hay mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> that's a little bit more Do that's you a wait- lot of weight I, and maybe you can't do this, but do you ever wait for the, the hay to dry out a little bit so it's not as heavy? Uh, so when I haul it to my place, uh, yep, it's always dry. But a lot of clients, they wait until it's rainy and shitty, and they're like, oh, my God, I need a bunch of hay. So they buy <laughs> a, a lot of snow, and they buy a lot of rain. Yep, And well, you, it just makes me more money. I don't care. Yeah, and you sell it by the pound, obviously. 
Yeah, we sell it by the ton. Yep, you bet. Jeez, so uh, that's pretty cool. So the the is there anything? Well, I don't know. It's I think you've probably been towing uh, as long as you've been jeeping. Is there anything that stands <laughs> out in your head about the thing that most people don't understand about towing something? What one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Everybody's focus is on the weight the vehicle can pull. That is not your focus. The focus is the weight that the vehicle can stop. <laughs> your brakes mean way more than your transmission's ability to get it going. Because you can put a gooseneck ball on the top of a VW bug, and you can get that 30,000-pound trailer to start moving with a VW. You can. It's just going to take you a very long time. The second that you put the brakes on that little car, that trailer's going to jackknife around it and kill everyone in sight. So it's always the brakes that matter. The brakes on the trailer and the brakes on the vehicle, how they work together, what percentage of braking happens. And that's why you have a little controller and you can change it all. That is the number one thing is stopping ability. Mm -hmm. Well, it's kind of like whenever so, you, when you build a hot rod, you, you think about uh, what, what do I need to do to make it go as fast as it possibly can go and, and get to that speed quickly. Uh, and then, mm -hmm. the, then the afterthought, I, I th probably after test driving uh, and having some fun on a weekend, is, uh, gee, I need mm -hmm. to upgrade these brakes. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You, brakes are, are the, I, I hear a lot of people talk about uh, towing capacity, this, that, and the other. And it's always, you know, how big are your rotors? You know, because you got Rubicon axles, you got wider axles, you got 410 gears. You know, you're going to have bigger brakes on this than, you know, say a, a, a Scrambler or even a, a, a TJ or a YJ or whatever. Mm-hmm. It all matters that you, you can actually stop that weight. You have to. Um, so uh, do you get uh, do you get brake fade? I would imagine you do get brake fade on depending on the size load that you're pulling. Um, what do you mean by brake fade? So as now? you're as you're using the brakes to stop the you and the load, uh, the brakes uh, the pads will heat up, the the rotors will heat up, and then oh the, my God. And then the brake fade is your inability to stop. Getting back to that, that thing about stopping yes. <laughs> once you get it going. So, <laughs> so the, the, the number one reason that we went with Dodges is uh, my personal vehicle is a, a 96 Ford F-350. It's a dually. A single cab with a longer 12-foot uh, bed on it. Beautiful, beautiful truck. Um, it has drums in the back because it's a 96 with little baby um uh, rotors up front and i was pulling i was doing some steel work where we used to do i don't metal work and and things like that and i went to stop and it pushed me right through a red light and it's a it's a manual transmission with a gear splitter in it so i'm grabbing gears and that truck just nope it just didn't have the braking ability and i ended up stopping in the middle of the intersection right as a grandma on the little you know honda you know, Corolla drove by or whatever. Oh, I'd say and, Ridgeline, uh, Honda Ridgeline. <laughs> yeah, Honda Ridgeline drove by. Like, I almost, I almost T-boned her. And I, it was me, I think one of my sons and a good friend of mine that went up to Weld for this ranch up north. And uh, it shook me up. It shook me up a lot. And I realized, because I'd been towing for a long time, but I finally started pulling lots and lots of heavy weight. Like, my smallest piece of equipment is, you know, 14,000 pounds. And I started reading up on what actually can these things stop. And uh, I think that was on a Friday or Saturday or some damn thing. And the next day, we went and bought my first uh, brand new Dodge. My wife said, um, we're not going to kill people. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and she knows I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm an antique car guy. So I love my, uh, my 96 Ford. I mean, it's beautiful. It's a 10 out of 10 truck. It's just absolutely gorgeous that uh, it's not practical because it can't stop. So that's, that's why we, we changed. It's, um, it's an under, under thought on anyone that's getting new into, into towing 
you just don't think about that. You think, oh, how much horsepower do I have? How oh, much? Oh, you torque? look at it. You look. This is a Dooley. This is a three fifty. Yada yada yada. This is. You, and then, is there any is there any information that you can get uh, other than just asking people or going to Google? I mean, can you? Do they have this information at the the dealerships about stopping power? Uh, not really, because all the sales guys they all say, oh, it has this much torque and this much horsepower, and right. it's got this many gears, and and you go, okay. Yeah, but what's your 60 miles an hour? How do, at, yeah, how do you know, I they, stop they it? You can, <laughs> yeah, you can, you know, all my Dodges, you can tow 40,000 pounds. And I go, okay, is that just the trailer weight or is that the trailer and the truck weight? And they just look at you and blink because a lot of times they think, oh, I can pull 40,000 pounds. No, you can't. You can pull 40,000 pounds with the weight of the truck included. And people right now are going, no, that's not true. Bullshit. That's true, because I have grenaded, well, my current truck, I blew the, I broke the front axle towing, two other trucks, I blew transmissions up, because, and I went back to Dodge, and I said, hey, that sales guy right there said I can tow 40,000 pounds, here's my scale tickets at, you know, 40 to 41, 39, and they look at me, and they go, you're, you're that's crazy, and go, well, that's <laughs> what you said I can do, but you said, like, <laughs> but you said, and that's why now my wife, because we've we've outgrown the 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 brand new Dodge Dooleys. That's why we have a Peterbilt and a fifty three footer. And I've I, now I'm what eighty five thousand eighty five five is my max weight that I can do. And I touch that all the time. I come out of the scales one time at ninety three thousand pounds or ninety four, and it's like oh shit. That's that's too much because the truck can't stop it. Right, and and I, even a, I remember us talking. Boy truck. Yeah, I remember us talking about that Ford F three fifty and how much you love that uh, that vehicle. Uh, and I think you still have it, and that, that, that I think that goes I back to you loving it so much. Uh, hmm? There was nothing, and I'm sure I asked this, but I don't remember the answer. Uh, there's nothing you can do to it to uh, to increase the braking ca- uh, capabilities of it so that you could use it again. And and I think the answer is yes, no. it is. But the cost involved was like. Um, not worth it. Right. It, it's like, hey, you know, my, my, my Jeeps that I have that are all, you know, older than 1981. Can you run 40-inch tires? But, yeah. But that would mean I just put a body on a whole different frame. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's, not, it's not practical. And with this truck, you know, my, my, uh, my Ford, it's just not practical. Right. You know, I mean, it's, it's a cabin chassis, so it's, a, it's not even a full-width dually. It's a three-quarter-width dually, so I can have a, a, a narrower bed. And it just has giant drum brakes. To try to switch those over to a, a disc brake, you're just yanking the axle out and putting a whole oh, different axle that's in. That's interesting. Well, I didn't realize they still did drum brakes. That's interesting. Yeah, it's 1996. I mean, it's, a, it's an old truck. Uh, it I only misunderstood. has 100,000 miles. Yeah, I misunderstood. The disc brakes is, what, is on the older one. I got you. So, yeah, well, so it's got front desk and rear drum, but anyhow, it doesn't matter. It stopping is the is the number one, and sometimes you just can't can't get that with older technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the uh, your Dodge Ram that you you tow with now, or whatever it is that you use to tow with, other than the Peterbilt, uh, what is the the recommended towing capacity of it? I don't even ask anymore. <laughs> Because it doesn't matter. So is it just you just it take it out and find out? Is that how you how you come up with uh, knowing what it, what it, what it can do? Uh, yeah, yeah. I I when I grenaded, I think it was a nineteen or twenty. I grenaded seventh and eighth gear on the uh, on the interstate, and we just uh, grabbed another truck and a trailer and put it up on the trailer, drove it to Dodge. I literally went up there and pushed the bumper and just kicked it off the trailer, told them they can have it. Grabbed another. It was a, a cabin chassis, so instead of a, a box bed, which is the molded style bed, I just got a, a flat bed straight from the uh, straight from the dealership, mm-hmm. and I drove it right out. It's it's um, a big ranch that's right next to us. They got about eighteen thousand acres, and I was doing a lot of steel work, and it had by the time I got there thirty or forty miles. Went down through the pinch belly in the Wally, which is that's the name of the pastures. Hooked onto a 40-foot gooseneck and drug it out and had to put it in four low to get it out of the pasture and across the creeks and the rivers and stuff. And everyone's laughing going, that truck's got 40,000 miles on it and you're maxing it out. Yep, it's a tool. My trucks are are tools like a hammer or screwdriver. It's just 
That's they have to make their money, and if they don't make their money, we kick them off and we get another one. Sure, sure. So don't I don't care. We just just do it. And like when we were building the cabin on one of my pastures, I had a you know little thirty five foot goose neck with all the framing material on it, and going across one of the creeks that we own. I mean, I snapped that front axle bigger and shit because you're in full wheel drive and you're towing, and you know you've got this anchor behind you that might be 20,000, 30,000 pounds by itself and you're going across these creeks so you're four-wheeling and towing and you just snap shit and you, you, you bring it back to them and go, hey, either fix it or give me another truck. I don't care. Mm-hmm. So uh, assuming that most people with a, uh, a Gladiator, even with a max tow package, they're probably not uh, trying to tow 40,000 pounds worth of hay. No. Uh, but no. but a, a, maybe a trailer to, to take a, a, a built-up Jeep or uh, maybe a trailer to go get things that you need to uh, bring back to your mm-hmm. uh, business or your house, probably your house. Uh, and uh, this this thing that says seven thousand six hundred and fifty. I think I heard something that uh, that seven thousand six hundred and fifty. You should add in the weight of the the gladiator as far as what you're what you're towing. So that is, um, I, I'd have to find out where you got that number from. Sometimes, like in the uh, in the Dodge world, they'll say, "Hey, this truck can pull forty thousand pounds." That's not true. It's forty thousand minus the the weight. So, if this number is truly just your actual tongue weight of your of your you know the the trailer, or not tongue weight, but just the weight of the trailer, right? I mean, that's that's not a lot of weight still, you know, because you have to add in the weight of the trailer. And if you get to a trailer that actually has brakes, the trailer itself is going to be you know, 2,500 pounds. So then that gives you only 5,000 pounds that you can put on it. Mm-hmm. Well, there's not a lot of newer Jeeps that even come anywhere near a 5,000. Yeah. I think John, know, so. I think John Lee mentions uh, that his, his, uh, JKU, uh, it weighs in, it's a little uh, over 6,000 pounds. So uh, this right. is, a, this is a critical bit of information to make sure that you, you, uh, factor in the trailer. Uh, the, the weight of the trailer adds uh, or takes away from that 7,650 pounds for the max tow. So uh, if, you're, right. if you're getting a Gladiator to, to tow your built Jeep, uh, you really need to start thinking about uh, with the, not only the weight of the trailer, but also the weight of the Jeep. Would uh, buying an aluminum trailer uh, help you with that? 100%. Yeah, the, the lighter that you can get your trailer, the, the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were, uh, I was really considering getting an aluminum trailer, but they are more than twice uh, what a, just a steel trailer is. Um, I know when I, I had to buy a brand new 53-footer uh, step deck for the Peterbilt, because the, the one I had previous, I ripped the axles right out from underneath it, and that was a scary deal, but... Um, because we were overweighting, you know, had too much weight on the trailer and just just ripped it apart. And uh, they're significantly lighter, which means that your load can be more because the trailer in and of itself is lighter. Still has the same brakes, still has the same axles. It's just lighter material. So that's anybody that's going to be towing with uh, with a Gladiator, pay up for the aluminum trailer, and then you're going to be able to get yourself into uh, where you can actually tow your 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 you know air quotes wheeling rig mm-hmm. a little bit better um so uh is there a downside to the aluminum other than the cost is it is it not as strong or does it not uh, oh, it, last as long etc cetera, etc cetera? Uh, i have found that they last longer uh, you don't have any rust issues um uh, they're lighter i think they they look better uh even even a uh, aluminum trailer that's been out in the sun and it's all oxidated looks a hell of a lot better than a metal trailer that's all rusty. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, when and if I ever get uh, the ability to have a nice gladiator towing the Scrambler, because that's oh, that would be so kind cool. of the goal. Yeah, that's the goal. Um, it's going to be an aluminum. Yep. I love aluminum trailers. So, but but you think enough of the Gladiator as a towing vehicle that you would consider getting one and, and using it to, to tow something like something small, obviously. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, so on the, the trailer itself, I know that some of the trailers have one axle. Sometimes they have two. Hell, they may have more than that that I'm not aware of. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the, would, the, would the two axle be more, uh, would be better for... Uh, distributing the weight load, uh, but it would, it would also take away from the amount, uh, the payload that you could carry because of the weight of the, the axle or whatever uh, is set up on the uh, on the trailer for those wheels. 
that actually grows it exponentially. So that's what's called a tandem. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a tandem axle. They actually have a three axles. And then they have a tandem dually axle as well. It's nothing. Tandem duallys, you're getting into more of equipment stuff. Uh, car trailers, definitely a tandem. Uh, usually you can get dual 5,000 pound uh, axles. Uh, I have one of my gooseneck that has dual 7,500 pound axles. That's a 14,000 pound trailer, which is great. Um, little bumper pull, uh, aluminum. If you get a twin, you know, a, a tandem 5,000 uh, axle, that gives you a capacity on that trailer of 10,000 pounds. But that trailer probably only weighs, you know, 1,800 to 2,000, which means you can put an 8,000 pound vehicle on it. Now, that's way more than the 7,650 pound, you know, 7,600 pound that um, your Gladiator can do but you don't have to max it out. It's like buying a winch. You know, if, you're, if your Jeep weighs, you know, 5,000 pounds, you want a 10,000 pound winch, right. right? You want to double it. So if you have a, have a Jeep that weighs 5,000 pounds, you're going to want a 8,000 pound trailer or, or whatever because you, you don't want to max, max it out. You'll get, you'll get some funky things going when you're... When you're um, going down the road and you don't you don't want that right you don't have to use it all unless you're me and then you use it all times two but (laughs) well you know what you can get away from (laughs) now not all trailers have uh brakes built into them is this correct correct yeah there's a gvw um i think it's five thousand pound and um if if the listener knows what that number is i think it's by the manufacturer or the uh, like Dexter axles, I think is uh, 5,000 pound. Um, that's the that's the cutoff where you can start getting uh, brakes on one axle out of the two or both of them. Uh, I would always recommend getting um, both tandem axles with brakes on them. Mm-hmm. Makes sense because that's that's what you want. You want to you want that trailer to stop itself. You don't you don't want your tow rig to stop the trailer. Because what'll happen is, like, if as you go downhill, say you're 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 coming down from, you know, in, like in my past, I'd come down from the Rubicon down 50. That's that's some serious grades. If I didn't have trailer brakes, and all I did was I put the brakes on the truck, that trailer is going to try to whip past me. It's going to try to jackknife around me. Because, oh, interesting. Yeah, like what we had here, you know, in Kansas right now, where it's an icy condition, you're going to want to reach down and grab that uh, that brake controller. Put the electricity to the magnets of the brakes because that's how they work on a trailer. And your trailer actually starts braking and stopping the vehicle that's towing it. Then you apply the brakes to that. Because if, oh, that if you sense. don't, yeah. what, what'll happen is if, if all you do is put brakes to the, to the vehicle and not to the trailer and you're going downhill, that trailer's just going to want to jackknife on you. It's going to want to go around you. Mm-hmm. So it's very important to have, to have brakes on the trailer, I believe. Now... There are some really small you know, utility trailers that have, you know, a thousand pound little, you know, go-kart axle underneath it. Well, that that's a whole different ball of wax. It's like pulling a freaking wheelbarrow. You're not you're not putting anything on it that that's worth anything. Right. But uh, when you start getting into car haulers and things like that, it it matters. Yeah. Anything with some uh, substantial weight to it. Well, I have about 15 more questions to ask you, but we're running out of time. So we'll have to save that for a, mm-hmm. a future episode. But I knew that you'd be able to, to answer a lot of these questions. Uh, and, th- and that was one of the ones I wanted to get into is if there's a small enough trailer or maybe one of those teardrop trailers that you, you don't have to worry about that uh, for. But it sounds like to me that if you can get uh, trailer brakes, it's always a good thing. That anything mm-hmm. that uh, helps you keep that uh, that trailer uh, from uh, just freewheeling and going off on its own is is better. It's it's going to be better overall. So, from the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And you guys talked about uh, your Jeep has a soul, and the uh, EV cars really don't. And uh, yeah, m- my XJ has a soul, and it even talks to me. And when I turn the key, it goes, "I really, I really, I really, I really, I, I really don't want to start today." And then sometimes it goes, I really, I really, I really, I really, okay, let's go. Well, that's not why I'm calling. <laughs> I'm calling to tell you that everyone laughed when I said I wanted to be a comedian. Yeah, and no one's laughing now, though. <laughs> <laughs>
I don't think that joke worked out the way I wanted it to, but I'm going to run with it. All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later and have a good one. Bye. <laughs> it's. I think what's funny is not necessarily the jokes, but the confidence in which he tells the joke. Like, this is going to yeah. be good. <laughs> Hey, coming up on our next interview episode, uh, we have them every Friday, and actually this is going to be for tomorrow. Uh, We're going to be interviewing uh, Dean Shirley of East Coast Overland Adventures. He is a well-known figure in the Jeep community and also a podcaster. You'll hear more about that uh, in the interview. All right, let's get into our must-have stuff for your Jeep. Uh, And, of course, it's tied into the uh, the Gladiator segment, uh, the Trailer Brake Controller uh, the one from Mopar, I, I, don't know, I was just looking, you know, because I'd bought a tow package Gladiator and uh, I was trying to learn a little bit more. And I saw on YouTube where you could uh, install a, uh, a brake controller. And, uh, and Chuck, I'm hoping you can help me out on this thing, too, because I don't understand nothing about this other than it just activates the brakes uh, on the trailer. But I don't know. I don't know how it knows how much brake to apply. And that's the thing that confuses mm. me. Uh, and I, I really like this one. I mean, I don't like that it, you re, it, you lose the cigarette lighter or the twelve volt uh, plug uh, on your on your Gladiator's dash. And it's not just for the Gladiator; you can put this on a, a JL JLU as well. Um, but uh, I do like the idea of it's uh, like a, a factory type installation, and you can bring you can get twelve volts uh, out of there from other places. Uh, but uh, so this this thing mounts where the the little. Uh, uh, standard uh, 12 volt plug-in is like like the cigarette lighter on the old vehicles, the big round uh, hole that's there, and uh, it's just, it's a knob and it's got numbers on it, and uh, yeah, it says it's a proportional trailer brake controller for automatic or manual trake uh, trailer brake activation, which I think you have to have based on what you were just talking about, Chuck. Is you you need to have the ability to to manually apply, apply those brakes on the trailer. You do. Yes. So uh, I don't know that you know anything about this specific controller, but I get the feeling that they're kind of all similar. Uh, they're all. What do you? What are the numbers on there for? Because this looks like it's a, a big knob that you adjust, and I don't know what that means other than different setting up different levels of, of braking. That uh, it's actually the amount of the one through ten is going to be like the amount of voltage that you're applying to the brake itself that makes sense so there's multiple different kind of trailer brakes you have air brakes which are like big big rigs like my dump truck peterbilt things like that you have hydraulic brakes which is more of uh, equipment and then you have what's called electric brakes most of every listener is going to have electric brakes on whatever trailer that they're pulling it's smaller bumper pull type type trailers those brakes are actuated by a magnet. That magnet is held back by electricity. And the more electricity that you bypass or give it, give it to it, depending on if it's a Dexter axle or a different style of axle, that magnet will either push or pull on your brakes, and that will then contract you know, the, the braking system of the, of the trailer itself. Mm-hmm. So what that is, is you adjust it depending on the amount of weight that you have on your trailer so Uh, if you have a trailer that's empty and you have this thing we'll just say 10 is the max number and i don't know what the max number is on this one and that's just a a, any just one through 10 and you hit that thing it'll lock your tires right up and you'll slide across the road and the opposite is also true maybe you have a, a big dodge truck that you're towing with your yj which uh, you know, you see this in the backwoods of America, and you have this ten thousand pound truck on a little trailer, and you only have it set to two, and you hit your brakes. You don't have enough braking. You're not going to do anything until you increase that amount of voltage, and that'll that'll clamp down on your brakes more. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And when you say you're mm-hmm. going to slide across the road if you've got it set to ten, th- th- this only actuates the brakes on the trailer, not on your vehicle. Correct. Okay, good. Correct. Now, it's also integrated in with the pedal on the floor. So as you push the pedal down, like in in any of the trucks, on the dash, it'll actually run from zero up to wherever you have it set at. So if you have it set at 5.3 and you slam on the brakes of the truck, 
you're going to watch it go, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, you know, all the way up to 5.3, and then it'll stop. And all you have to do is push the plus button or turn this knob in, in this situation, and that'll increase your braking. So if you want the trailer to brake more than the truck, you increase the you know, the dial, and as you put the brake down on your vehicle, on your Gladiator, your Jeep or whatever, it'll put more electricity to the back, and you'll have that 60% you know, braking of the trailer and 40% braking of, of the vehicle that's towing it, depending on how you turn this knob. So the, the trailer brake controller will literally be able to tell how much uh, force you're putting on the on your, the the brake the, the your vehicle brake pedal. So it's it's not an yep. all or nothing type thing, which which sounds like it would have to do. Correct. That. So that's interesting. So they must have uh, uh, the the Gladiator set up and other vehicles set up so that it can send uh, not just uh, the brake is on and off type situation, but how much braking you're applying, which sounds like you would have to do to be able to properly stop a, a trailer because uh, all or nothing would be would be, be fun, be noisy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that that's really and, cool. Uh, and and then what this this controller does is it 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 tells you it tells the trailer brakes how much to apply and it really depends on what your load is. And that's why you were talking about how much weight are you pulling. So it's this, it's kind of a a learned type thing uh doing and figuring out as you go. And I would assume that if you're if you're braking and you go, "Oh, this thing this isn't stopping the way I want it to," then you can turn that knob up and get it to where you want it. Yeah, and you're going to be able to feel it. Right. So anybody that's been towing for a very long time, you know, what they're going to do is even when it's empty, they're going to they're going to leave their driveway and start driving down the road and start applying the brakes as they're just going down the road. They're just going to kind of feel it, and then they're going to adjust that thing because you want it like somebody's pulling behind you. You know, they, they, you want that feel. If you just apply the brakes and it feels like nothing's stopping the vehicle – then, then you're proportioned wrong. You, you need to add some more to the back. It, it, it's, it's a feel thing, mm -hmm. and you just, you just adjust it. And it's intuitive. Uh, you, you just it, This doesn't feel right. Oh, this feels good. You can apply too much brake, right. uh, though, to it right uh, as well, right, and then mess up the, the brakes oh. in the back? Oh, you'll just burn through them. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, like uh, when I, I – because I'm – my brain just goes all the time, right? So when I'm in my work truck, I'm usually on the phone or, or doing something. And, and like I have to bring one of my RV trailers down to, uh, down to Kansas City for a big project that we're doing. I have to tell myself to adjust the brakes because if I get in and just start going down the road and I tap the brakes, that trailer is going to stop me instantaneously. And it 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 feels weird, like your face is going to go through the windshield. You're like, oh shit! You, <laughs> I forgot that. You have to go that, and like, yeah. <laughs> yeah th this trailer is a you know a two point three, where one of my goosenecks might be at a you know seven point eight, you know, or whatever. And I I never really get too involved in exactly where it is. I'm just kind of a touchy feely type of guy. But yeah, I I forget all the time and. You know, get my face slammed through the windshield like, oh, <laughs> whoops. Well, that's, <laughs> Oops, that's, that's just good brakes there. That sounds good. So Right. Yeah. But you don't buy none of that cheap, uh, cheap shit anyway, so that's why. Nah, you ain't got the money. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, check out this trailer brake controller. It's a Mopar, and uh, we even have the specific Mopar part number here in the show notes for episode 976. Uh, I didn't mention the price. It's Mopar, so the price is going to be a little higher. Uh, $292.33. You may be able to find it cheaper, maybe even on uh, on eBay. Um, do you do you use any Red Arc uh, brake controllers, uh, Chuck? Because I know uh, Red Arc will make uh, make some that are actually significantly cheaper than this. Uh, I do not. Nope. Do, are all yours built in, or do you have to add them? No, I I buy them all built in. Yeah, that's that's the nice way of doing it. Uh, and I would assume the the hookup is real simple. You just hook it up to the trailer in the back, and it's all since it's. Uh, uh, not not all of yours, but the ones we're talking about are all uh, magnets and uh, voltage based. So it's just wiring that mm -hmm. you have to hook up. So it's not like airlines or uh, any of that uh, any of that mess. Yep. Very right. Very cool. So uh, just go to the again. Just go to show notes for episode uh, nine seven six jeeptalkshow.com, and you will see a link so that you can go straight to this uh, brake controller. And it sounds like to me, based on what we've talked about uh, tonight, that uh, having a brake controller and a trailer with brakes of any size 
is a, a good idea. Uh, it may be getting mm-hmm. a little ridiculous if it's a tiny a tiny trailer. Uh, but uh, uh, it, let me ask you this real quick. If the uh, I don't know if they're all set up this way or any of them are set up this way, but say your trailer got away from you. Uh, or maybe it just got off the the hitch and the chains were still hooked up. Is there a, a braking system that if that uh, that braking that the connection goes away on the brake that it automatically slows itself down and stops? All trailers with brakes have a breakaway switch. Okay, good. So it's going to be yeah. You'll have little chains, you know, little safety chains that everyone you know hooks up incorrectly, <laughs> and then there's going to be a little like a coily wire thingy that on the uh, the tongue of your trailer has a plastic quick disconnect and if you pull that out um, it loses the voltage to the brakes and the magnets automatically pull and and hold your brakes yeah so it's uh when it jettisons off the back of your gladiator it doesn't dukes a hazard off the side of the interstate (laughs) it'll just slide to a a halt yeah yeah if if uh installed correctly (laughs) so if if your trailer comes off and you don't have a braking system and it runs into you causing the accident uh, who's uh, who's insurance pays? <laughs> yeah, I was minding my own business, <laughs> and this, this trailer hit me. Yeah. Whose trailer was it? It was mine. <laughs> well, it's always a little sad when we hit the end of the trail, but uh, there's always another trail ride just down the road. Uh, Jeep Talk Show has four episodes a week, Tuesday through Friday. Subscribe and never miss an episode. Hey, speaking of subscribing, consider keeping the Jeep Talk Show on the air by subscribing to the show via Patreon. The place to go for all the information on how to subscribe and how to contact us is at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Uh, Chuck, thanks a lot for making time for us today. We uh, appreciate you being a guest host. And and I'll just mention this. I didn't mention Mm -hmm. it earlier. Uh, Chuck is being a guest host because the internet connectivity out the uh, at his ranch is so bad uh, it, has, it gives him such a delay while he's in a group he's he's good in in group conversations and we'd love to have him there uh, but uh, it, it the delay is so bad that by the time he jumps in we've already changed three subjects so it's just frustrating yeah. for him but when he's on here with just me then you know, it's really easy for him to to talk back and forth uh, probably not as as easy as it would if i just shut up uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah yeah i never did never get to talk about my jeeps <laughs> oh have yeah a brand new we were going to talk about the cj7 me, that's right shit yeah this is so much shit. it's nice it's a it's a pretty jeep <laughs> all right have a great night but you yeah oh absolutely discord check out our discord jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how to join chuck thanks again and uh, have a great day yeah broadcasting since 2010